Rats rats eat eggs. Hello, everybody. This podcast is Lava. My name is James Font. With me is normal. Sam Shoemaker. Silas is still in California. And then with us, we have Jonathan Ness. So, Jonathan, where are you from? I am from somewhere in Minnesota, and I go to college at Anoka Ramsey Community College, which is right by right. Minneapolis, and if that means So anything. now we know he lives in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. I'll be locking so, my door tonight. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we're uh, just trying to track it down so that we can rob you. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. You want all my so black Jonathan series, Sam? A- <laughs> what? Yeah, my collection, uh, black series. Yes, exactly. Oh, right, right. Exactly. That's precisely why I would do that. Yeah. So Jonathan is a toy photographer and a college student currently going to school to be a photojournalist. So tell us a little bit of why you want to be a photojournalist. I want to be a photojournalist to, as cliche as it may sound, to make the world a better place. And I part That's of that goal. part of that is partially political. I, I get very fired up over the leftist agenda. It makes me mad. But apart from that, I want to create. I don't want to create a world. Um, I want to make the world less. <laughs> you want to be God. Yes, I do want to be God. Do you know if anyone's hiring for that? <laughs> uh, Apple might be. So <laughs> is Microsoft. The Mormons are. The Mormons certainly are. Oof. But no. I'm looking at a Mormon. Anyways. I'm tired of seeing. I I know I bullied the left just now, but the left and right wing both like to pervert the truth, and you see it in cable yep. news. So I want to be a part of something that's politically neutral and not trying to appease an agenda. That's fun. So, right on. so what would be like your expertise? If First of all, do you have a specific group? After you graduate, you would try to go for or not group, but like corporation you go to. No, because they're all super biased. It's pretty bad right now. Well, you mean you wouldn't go work for BuzzFeed? Because I mean that would be. Dude, I'd rather die than work for BuzzFeed. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching one thing. I was watching a YouTuber last night. Um, Have either of you heard of Isaac Butterfield by chance? I have not. Okay, so he appeals to the. Semi right wing people, like th- what's considered moderate right now. And it was him bashing soy boys for 20 minutes. But <laughs> All right then. Yeah, uh, that gave me a lot of pleasure. Anyways, I think I cut one of you off. It's fine. Um, I was just saying that I that I get all of my my news and my like information <laughs> from the world by watching BuzzFeed videos, <laughs> specifically oh. their top tens. God, why? I mean, you can't trust you can't trust like CNN and you can't trust like Fox News. So I just go right to the source. I just, I just watch go, Philip DeFranco. That's Philip DeFranco. Oh no, and BuzzFeed. Philip DeFranco and BuzzFeed is who I get my news from. I'm so sorry. I guess what would you do? What would, <laughs> what, would you, what would you do with your degree after you get it? Okay, I think you slurred that or something because I missed none of it, or I missed all. What do you want to do with your? What do you want to do with your degree after you get it? Uh, With my degree. So, in a dream world where everything's perfect, I would love to work for National Geographic, travel, photograph the world, go through more film than I can buy. That's the life I want. Oh, yeah, and maybe stop a couple wars in the process. Well, wait. Go to different countries and and report on the goings-ons. The atrocities and the, the good things and the bad things. Well, I think it's kind of funny that um, I used a perfect world and then we're talking about war. <laughs> well, you In know. a perfect world, I'd be a photographer for wars. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you mean wars not in your perfect world? <laughs> All right. So obviously photojournalism involves photography and you are a prolific toy photographer. Thank you. Prolific? Yeah, that's a, that's, I think you. That's a proper I think you word. do. You do good with the with the gram, but you started on on Flickr, and all his stuff will be down in the description, so you can go check him out on there. Um, he has a poetry account, he has a toy photography account, and then on his Flickr is just mostly toy photography. It's all toy Obviously, photography with Lego. Okay, so it's your it's your like the Flickr is your older work, the Instagram is your mo- like where you're posting currently, and then the uh, the other Instagram account is where you post like your. Everyday photography, non-toy related with like your poetry. 
that's a good description just for the listeners in case they want to check you out. Thank you, James. Or uh, Sam. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm off this podcast. <laughs> Insult taken. <laughs> Oof. Okay. It's recovery. <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll go to assume that you, you, you like photography. Yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, well, yeah, okay, my family might kill me for that, but yeah, it is. <laughs> so when did you get your first camera? My first camera, I got I got a disposable camera, well, a lot of disposable cameras at 7, where I would shoot my action figure setups, all my battles and stuff at on film. Now, did, do you know how much it costs to get everything developed? Oh God! Not then. Back in you know the two thousands. I know how much it, it costs now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say back then it was probably like send in two bucks and a disposable God, Sam, camera. I was asking him. Well, whatever. Yes, Sam. Don't cut me off. God. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna go leave. Sit in the other room. Anyways, how much did it cost to develop? Well, Do my you know mom would pay for it. She loved supporting me. I have a great mom. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you have any, I guess, real quick, what's your family background? Do you have any siblings? Nope, I'm completely alone. It's great. It is, <laughs> I can imagine it being, I was an only child basically after uh, 2010. My sister went to Montana and she was the last one out of the house. I'm the youngest of four. So you would set up your toys in different scenarios. Well, like, what would be, would it be a ginormous battle or would it just be little scenarios going on? So... I was known as the dirtier of rooms in my household because I would take a perfectly clean room and then I would set up all these action figures. I have over uh, probably 300 375 clones. So they're like three inches and seven. Yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. So I would set all of those up in the room and just photograph them. Now, did you actually play with your toys? Of course. Who didn't? <laughs> Unless you're a communist. I, <laughs> then my cousins are communists because they just collected toys, built them once, and then put them on a shelf. That's disgusting. That's, it was weird. That's terrible. They I was going to say, the communists don't have toys. They just have sticks and dirt. But that's it, wasn't, like, it wasn't weird. It was just something they found enjoyable. So they can do what they want to do. We like to destroy our stuff. It's we not destroying. Like we built them once and then just... To what have been? No, we didn't play the same way. Anyway, <laughs> I painted everything that I own, <laughs> and then I like blew them up with firecrackers so to make them look rustic. You're so like the bully the from Toy items, Story. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But I did it for like battle damage, right? So like you know, I would like maybe melt some of the armor or like bloody them up a little bit because I'd be like, oh man, he's he's seen so much battle. Uh, now all those things that are worth like five times their value to, to like a collector now. Now I've ruined them all. I've painted yep. them and broken them and shattered them to pieces. Sent them into the stratosphere with a bottle rocket. You know, the usual. So, going back to, <laughs> going back to cameras, what camera do you have now? I use a Sony A6000 mirrorless camera with a uh, Vietnam War lens on it. Okay, where did you get the Vietnam War lens? Um, so one of my, a family friend who's been an influence on me all my life uh, went to me and said, I know you're going to do great things with photography and I want you to have this lens. And it's what That's I really use cool. for, thank you. It's what I use for like 90% of my shots. That's really cool. Now, did he was he the one that used it in Vietnam? Like this was his personal lens? No, he's not old enough for that. Okay. Oh, okay. That would have been so cool, though. Right. This is seen. If I'm ever, I can tell you the stories behind each scratch. If I'm ever on CNN, I might fabricate that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you always fabricate, but then they come back to this podcast. Um, (laughs) So, all right. So how many lenses do you have? I have like 20 right now. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So like, I guess let's, let's go through like, tell me five unique ones, I guess. I don't know. What's your, what's your top like three? What's your, the top three that you always go to and prefer? Apart well, he said from one my, already, so top four. Yeah. 
So apart from my Vietnam lens, I have a 250mm uh, Rokor Minolta lens, and those are really amazing. They get so much, as Sam calls it, bokeh. Wait, how do you say it? I don't remember now. I, it's called bokeh. I hate you. That doesn't sound cool. <laughs> For the people who aren't <clears throat> nerds, I mean camera nerds, it's the blurry stuff. You know, it's when you the, put your when you put your phone on portrait mode. No, no, that's depth of field. Bokeh is the is when there's lights or like like street okay, lights. What are in the you back. talking about? The little light dots. Yeah, okay. they're light dots. I didn't know Boca, we were talking about Boca's that. the little light I thought dots. we were talking about depth of field. Depth of field is just the general blur that you get with uh, low aperture lenses. I'm explaining for them. Don't explain to me. I'm explaining to you <laughs> to them. Okay. I took a camera class. <laughs> me too. <laughs> wow. We're, Any- for, we're basically photographers. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I so, am though, actually. So <laughs> I need my ego to go back up a little bit. So those are Sam, your photography is amazing. Don't worry. Thank it's you. trash. Don't build him up. It's okay. I can't take compliments, so I'd have to deflect that with a joke anyways. Oh. <laughs> Self-deprecating humor. It's the best. Anywho, so there's two lenses. Give us two more. I have a... Oh, what's it called? Hmm. Well... Can I do cameras? Is that cool? Since I have so many film yeah. cameras, too? Okay. Uh, f- how, how many film cameras do you have? I have, like, ten. Okay, so from all different eras? Yeah. Alright, so, yeah, give us our top three film cameras that you have. Okay. Uh, I have a Minolta X700, a Ooh. Canon AE-1, and there's one more I use all the time. Right, my Minolta XDM. Right on. Okay, so do you do you obviously take photography, toy photography with them? Do you go? How do you scan them and put them on Instagram? I pay someone to do that for me. Also, he's been ripping me off for the last six months. So if there's a cheaper alternative, I will treat you as my new god if you can help me out. So what you do is you go get them developed, and then you get a cheap printer, and then you scan them in the computer. Well, they <laughs> charge me $8 per roll, which, I mean, Sam, I think you told oh me goodness. it's 15 for you. Yeah. Roll. Okay, so I can't complain too much, but when it costs 50 for 20 rolls, if you do it yourself, it feels really, for lack of better word, like bullshit. Yeah, well, but how much does all of his equipment cost to purchase in the first place up front? That's got to be a little chunk of change. A good scanner, I mean, a, a a base level scanner for decent quality is between two and five hundred. Um, chemicals depend upon what chemicals you get, and you mean you can't just scan the negative, right? You actually have to go through an extremely technical process based on what kind of film you have, what kind of chemicals are required for the process, and et cetera, et cetera. So I can understand it a little bit. Um, and like me sending it away to a lab where I'm paying a little bit extra, it sucks, you know, because you're like 15 bucks a roll and sometimes, you know, half the roll might be just really crappy shots. But all you have to do is boop, put it in mailbag, send it away. Right. Not think about it till you get it and go, ooh, photos. And you you trust that for my lab in particular, they've been in business since like the 60s, I think, or the 50s. So they've got all that experience where me trying to do my own developing at home, which I have been working on. I'm like, hmm, I think I have this right. Maybe if I just add a little bit, oh, no, it's on fire now. <laughs> you see, that would take a lot of work to get it on fire. Like, there's no heat involved. You want it cold. It depends on the chemical. Because really? there's some for my, for my old film that I use. I use a lot of antique film that's, like, expired. The old processes that are technically extinct now in, like, the world where people don't do it a lot... Some of the old chemicals that they no longer really like to use produce an exothermic chemical reaction so that they produce outward heat. It's pretty fun. So you're like (laughs) thermite in Rainbow Six Siege. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm putting film negatives in it. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. <laughs> Please don't blow up. I mean, it, it definitely won't. But it just it heats up. You know, the container go, heats hmm. up. This is spicy. <laughs> spicy film. Please <laughs> produce spicy pictures. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my fingers are ne- gone. <laughs> <That's like acid. laughs> you get a picture out, but you lose your hand. <laughs> All right. So I think you gave us two cameras. No, he gave us three. He did? The AE1, the Minolta, and then oh, right, 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 uh, right. the Minolta XDM, I think you said. Got it. Yeah. And I don't want to brag, but I got a lot of film cameras too. But we'll How t- many film cameras do you have, Sam? I have not counted. Um, More than 10. More than 10, more than less 15. than 100. More than 15. More than 15. More than 20. More than 20. So someday we're going <laughs> to we're gonna do a video of just like, you I know, need crib, help. I you need know help. cribs. <laughs> we're going to have Sam's cameras set up and we're going to go through each one. We could. Gonna, I do, do have that. a couple duplicates because some of them, I just, I like them and they break down easily. So I got them for parts. Okay. So I guess the reason we're having you on this podcast is because of Sam. And so how did you guys meet, per se? Are you asking me? I'm asking both of you. So we'll get Sam's side first. <laughs> I think if, I, if my memory serves me right, you entered a giveaway that I was hosting and you won it. What, were, that- you, what were you hosting this on? Why? And- uh, well, this was on my toy photography account. Go check Sam out. Um, I'll put his link in the description below. Oh, thanks. I just reached uh, like a follower milestone. And so... um, Two followers. Good job. Yeah. I ended up giving away a uh, custom painted figure that I'd worked on. And, you know, anyone could enter. And it was kind of a way to both gain more followers and like a thank you to the followers that I already had. Um, And I think if I remember correctly, you... You entered through that, Jonathan, and then you actually won, and you're like freaking out because I think you said you'd never win these kinds of things, and I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I actually gave it to someone who like will appreciate it. Instead sweet. of a guy who's like, oh, just another one to put in my <laughs> just another no, Just another <laughs> win. Uh, I won the lottery this week. Now I won this. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from Jonathan's perspective, how did, how did that work out? So I, one of my friends, my buddy, Sino Stromo, sent me that photo and said, dude, you should enter this. Now, he's a, a very spiritual friend for me. He's helped me through some very dark times. And when he tells me to do something, I typically do it because it ends, ends well. So he told me to enter it, and I went on, did the whatever steps you had me do. I think I had to run a mile, do 10 <laughs> push-ups. Yep. Um, you had to rob a bank, give me all the money, and then... Uh... Like, share, and comment, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and you emailed me about something, and we started talking. I forgot about what, though. I think I just liked your posts. I okay, oh. man, your toys look real sexy. Because like, whenever someone follows me, I typically like check out their page. You know, if I have the chance. Is it to. a bot account? Is, Is it, it a bot account? Should I block them? There's another one saying like, "Hey, want to see my sexy pics?" <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> There's a new one every day. Pretty much. Between your Except five accounts. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember why I first like sent you a DM, though. I think it was probably, yeah, just like, oh, dude, you've got cool content. Sam slipping on into them DMs. Sliding into your DMs, you know, nice and smooth. <laughs> Anyways, he slipped into your DMs nice and smooth. Oh, that was great. Um, So he did that, and then I thought to myself... Am I going to win this? Probably not. I haven't won anything in months. And this was right after a breakup, too, so I was really emotionally unstable. And I found out I won, and my one of my close friends from the UK had been staying with me at the time. Uh, so if you ever talk to him, he'll tell you what he saw me do. But when I found out I won, I, like, freaked the... To censor it, I freaked the F out. <laughs> Because it was like this shred of light and the darkness that was my world at the time. I oh I was even more oh emo then, if you can imagine that. But um, I it was amazing. I was so grateful. 
And do you still here's the real test. <laughs> no, don't ask him that. <laughs> do you still have it? Yeah, of course I do. Okay. I just, he's like, oh crap! I've taken like through 10 the garbage shots can. with it already. <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> There's like pizza hanging. <laughs> Anyways, so you still have the figure? That's cool. Yeah, it's one of my go-to for shots. It's super photogenic, and not to stroke off your ego, but it's one of my favorite figures. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, just. When, I mean, it's nothing like Sam. You know, broke out the model paints. <laughs> And I sound like I'm making fun of you, but I actually find it intriguing. He's saying that because uh, for Christmas last year, I got him and Silas these little... Uh, Mind-blowing. They're, they're, they're the Glyos uh, Fallout power armor figures. You know, they're they're really Ooh. like... They're, they're not very articulated, but they're detailed. And so I got them, and then I ended up weathering and painting them. That's so cool. Yeah, yours is weathered. Yours already had a paint job, so I just did like the silver so, weathering. So yeah, he just did some silver weathering on mine, and then Silas's like looked like a regular, looked like regular power armor, and it was cool and all. And I don't think you said anything. No, because it it was like it was like a gray matte like it was like with it some... looked it looked like from Fallout. And Sam, I think. We looked in like a weird crevice or like we took it apart or something and it was pink and Sam had painted the entirety of the figure from pink to make it look exactly like from the game. Cause it was some dumb, like pink flame job design. And I was like, well, that's not how Silas would play it. Silas would use a, use like a standard paint job. So I just made it matte gray. And then I did like mud Sam, weathering and, uh Whatever, no big deal. Well, okay, I mean, like, but that's typical. Like, the figure that I sent you, Jonathan, that was uh, Captain Phasma, a Black Series figure that I got on clearance, you know, like two years ago. And not to downgrade it or anything, I'd just been planning a custom with it, and I hadn't found the right one to use. Um, and it was a silver character, so I painted it matte black, as a, or I primed it, and then I painted it matte black, and then I ended up doing, like, red, <sighs> blood-red highlights across it, um... Not as blood, but as detail, and then weathered it. And I don't know. To me, that's normal. I'm like, if it's pink and I don't want it to be pink, I make it gray. And if it's silver, I make it black. You know, I just change the colors. Whereas if I tried to do it, it would look <laughs> like a toddler drew on my action figure, and I'd be very mad. Nine times out of ten, though, when I spray paint anything, the spray paint doesn't dry right, and it gets tacky. And I hate that. So I tr I tend not to do, like, full <laughs> repaints anymore. I try to just stick to, like minor detailing or something because spray paint for so if you want your me. action figures painted or something really small painted delicately call sam up go to go to his instagram i paint mine too plug me do me <laughs> no. do me no he's he's not the host of this <laughs> all right so you won the contest and then how did you guys continue did you just continue talking or how did that all work out and then how did you hear about our podcast <laughs> oh i remember it now I got on a rant about Hasbro because, um, slight rant, it'll take like 10 minutes. <laughs> um, the first order figures have arm articulation that keeps it under 90 degrees. And Sam, being the brilliant minded man he is, managed to cut up. something oh, I, out I understand so all of he it. could get it. Yeah. I'm sighing. I think Sam saw me sighing. I'm sighing at the fact that they made it that way. Right, it's like this. They need to make it go like this and do. They need to just make so figures the figure, good. The figure that I sent him, make I, action I, figures great again. <laughs> the figure that I sent him had those crappy elbows, and I did some modifications to it so that it could at least. I think it made it to like a 45, and I made it fit so that it would go like just past 90. So you could actually like get good poses out of it for photography. Because Sam's a wizard with plastic. Wizard of Waverly Places. Anyways, so how did you guys continue talking? One of us went on a rant about Hasbro, and it all went from there. And so, and then like, he... was it just fluid conversation? You were like, oh, yeah, I have a podcast. Well, we would just, we talked back and forth, I think, like, you know, we would post a picture, and then one of us would message the other about like, oh, that's a cool picture. How'd you do this effect or whatever? And then we'd go off and we'd talk about cameras or what we collected. But then I think <clears throat> I think I ended up sharing the Kenny Williams um, where he tears the can off 
um, I shared that video to that account, which I normally don't cross those accounts um, just for whatever reason. Um, but I, I did and I shared it. And then I think he messaged me. He's like, dude, listen to your podcast. And I don't know if you asked me if like, if we'd ever, at the end of every podcast, we invite people. to be Yeah. On. I think he asked me like, have you ever interviewed a toy photographer? And I was like, no, you want to be on the podcast? And here we are today. I guess there's, there's a lot of, how do you get your effects? That's another good one. That is that actually, that's a great question. Like explain your evolution, and your maybe. methods, your evolution and your methods of like, where you started maybe not using any effects and then like how you developed using effects. Okay. So when I started, I, I grew up, I've grown up in Minnesota, so I have the worst weather known to man. (laughs) It got to 60 below. So I started having to shoot inside. You see my first Black Series photo, and I got it up against the window of my bathroom. And it's not a bad photo, it's just the most basic as basic can be. So, I started with nothing, just a normal background. And then I started shooting outdoors. And this past summer, my friend and I, the one I mentioned earlier went to a fireworks shop and bought like $30 and discounted fireworks and yeah. That's awesome. So I'll use crackling balls for explosions, uh, sparklers for lasers going overhead, stuff like that. That's really cool. So it's, it's mostly practical effects. Do you use much? Yeah. Do you use much? I never do digital. I hate digital effects with a passion. I can't, I cannot figure, I mean, I've tried, but I'm no good at like Photoshop. So that's, I do, I go the same route. I'm like, what can I do with real stuff? I have mad respect for like, like practical effects, practical effect, uh, cinematographers like Christopher Nolan and stuff. I try and take some inspiration and Jonathan, I feel like you do this as well. Taking inspiration from, the movies that we love, especially like the war movies like Dunkirk, Saving Private Ryan, stuff like that, where <clears throat> if not the effects, we definitely take the aesthetic from that in what we try and create. So, yeah, I think inspiration comes from a lot of different places. And <clears throat> excuse me. Well, if we're, if we're talking about inspiration, I get mine from like how you said, but what I've started doing recently is I'll look up vietnam war photos world war ii photos and just get inspired through famous ones directly from the historical photos yeah i like that yeah do you have any like um accounts on instagram that you specifically always go back to and draw inspiration from get new ideas from um, like other toy photographers who inspire yeah, yeah. me. Other people in the community. I have people I can plug. Um, inspired <laughs> by Andre is one of my, I consider him a mentor on there and he's one of my close friends. Um, there's Zeno Stromo. Your work, your Mimban stuff is incredible. Thank you. Um, there's also Troopers and Things is fantastic. He is amazing. There's so many accounts I can mention, but I there's so many shots that inspire me to make one shot where it's probably like half an hour of scrolling through until it creates an image in my mind. Yeah, yeah, you draw from multiple sources. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it, one of the cool things, like having you on this podcast, I think, um, not... I don't know not many people really maybe even know that this kind of community exists like it kind of exists in its own little world back on Flickr when you were there I remember James and I we were on like MOC pages which kind of had the same vibe just specifically Lego and now Instagram but I mean it's not like people could probably look at it as like a lot of adults just being idiots with toys or like teens being idiots with toys and that probably and then I go but don't a lot of people watch a bunch of grown men tackle each other in tights every Sunday night? Everybody has their hobbies. But the cool thing is, like, you know, there's there's people on there that um, make 
what you have to consider is art out of it. I mean, they do maybe storytelling. As Shia LaBeouf says, <clears throat> anything that makes you feel is art. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I don't know how to put it into words, but like the, uh, just the creators, they're being creative in the, in a way that makes sense to them. And, um, so many of the photographers that I follow, and I'm sure, you know, we follow a lot of the same people. So, so many of the people that are just on Instagram in general are doing these creative and innovative things with, you know, something as simple as a Lego figure or as, you know, simple as like a Hasbro figure or something. And then they make them come to life in some interesting and, and unique way. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's really cool. I just think that not many people know about it or not enough people, most people would think about it. Well, if you said it, you'd be like, oh, that's well, dumb there's nerdy a whole, stuff. There's a whole plumbing community on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's so many subsections of Instagram. It's ridiculous. It's like Reddit, but not. <laughs> oh, I hate Reddit. I have you ever posted your toy photography on there? No, I didn't even re- really know that there was any kind of like subreddit that evolved out of that. It's Reddit. They have everything, but don't go on there. It's hell. Is it just toxic? I, like everyone's kind of critical and the people are just nasty, and they're not. It's not even constructive criticism. I posted. Did you ever see my shot from a few months ago? Or, no, six months ago. Holy crap. No, it's October. That was eight months ago. Wow. Um, Sorry, Epiphany. Uh, <laughs> I posted a picture of three stormtroopers stacked up on a wall, and they're about to breach into a room. It has this police vibe to it that's really awesome. Not yeah. trying to stroke my own ego, but, yeah. No, you're allowed so... to. <laughs> Thanks. I I posted that on there, and I got, the first comment I get is someone saying, I cannot ironically comment great photo of action figures anymore. This is horrendous. <laughs> and there were ten other people shitting on it with him. That's so brutal. Just, I know, and I took it personally. It just destroyed me. The next day, I get a message from... Uh, Davey Muse, he's a singer who's become a hero of mine, and he said, dude, I love your photography so much. Keep on creating, man. That is so and awesome. That yeah, is really awesome. I've been trying to interview him for the last three months, but it takes him three months to get to my next message. So I'm still trying to get to the actual interview. But yeah, that's not relevant. It's but no, that, it was I mean, a weird... That's still relevant in the sense that, like, I mean, it can be, the internet can be a really awful place for a lot of people where <clears throat> people voice nasty opinions anonymously and can crush people's feelings. But it's awesome that someone like that reaches out to you and is like being positive. I don't know. I think that's and that that plays into yeah. your where you are now and that plays into who you are now. So it's relevant. You can go from. The highest to the lowest in a matter of seconds based on who takes you down. And that's that's kind of the internet as a whole as well. Yeah. This was a question I had. Um, You want to go into the photojournalism, of course. Where do you see, um, like, do you see your, your toy photography continuing? Do you see that as like a stepping stone towards your next uh, photography goal, let's say? What, where do you see that like going into your future? So, with toy photography, I imagine I'll get to a point where I can't do it as much as I'm doing it now. Unless I shoot, like, what, an SD card a day, I'll have enough till I die. But, (laughs) for the most part, I see it as more, I'm never gonna stop, ever. I'll find time for it, it just won't be... We live in an ever-changing world, so it'll change and flux over time. Yeah. It'll still be there. Yeah. Whether it's on, not on Instagram, because Instagram dies for whatever reason. It'll be on... What's an ironic website name for the future? Uh, Snapspace. MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> MySpace oh, makes God. a resurgence. MySpace just comes back after a massive update, just like Minecraft. <laughs> Crap. There's... Oof. That could happen. <laughs> That'd be really weird if it did, though. Okay, so 
we'll get away from toy photography for a little bit. You have another photography page slash poetry page. And so I guess where do you, what's your method of poetry and writing in general? So, or how long have you been been writing poetry? Sorry. Well, yeah, we'll start. I've been writing. Thanks. I've been writing poetry since I was 16. Okay. So I've been doing it for a long time, but it's really evolved from me being emo and thinking, why won't this girl go out with me to me discussing the mundaneness of life. Okay, that sounds like the same realm. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's different because, you know, there, there are 50-year-old philosophers sitting, ah, yes, life means meaningless, and I wrote a book that made me billions of dollars <laughs> about it. Anyways, so now, I guess, what are your writings about now more? Um, well, I mean, lately it's all been about my depression and how... There, I've gone through a lot in the last couple months. It sent me into this big, what month is it? Uh, it's October, so six month depression. Sorry to hear that, dude. That I'm only now just starting to feel better with. So it's me evolving from that to where I am now. Okay. And you read some of my poems, and it's they they're borderline about suicide. It's not that I'm suicidal now. It's just. I mean, when you're heartbroken, death doesn't look so bad, kind of no. a thing. Okay, so, so I guess I guess where do you get your besides being heartbroken or before you were heartbroken? Try to remember uh, where you got your inspiration from. Oh, music. Um, back in high school, I would rewrite certain, not rewrite like I'm ripping it off, but I do an inspired poem from certain books. Okay. Hmm. Um, in high school, my 10th grade English teacher uh, broke down crying when she read one of my poems and said I was one of the best writers she ever um, read. That's that's a high and, compliment. That is a very high compliment. I mean, being a high school English teacher, you've read a lot of poems. And a lot of them are probably not very good. No, because it's high school kids, and I'm 14, <laughs> and this is deep. <laughs> but no, that's super cool, like, that you're able to take your photography as one thing, you know, the, the 35 millimeter poetry photos that you're doing and you're able to merge that with almost like, I don't know. It sounds to me, and I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like your, your writing in at least one sense is therapeutic. So you're kind of like making a therapeutic experience or like a, a, an outlet for yourself with that. Yeah, I am. I, as someone with depression and issues, I, I love the idea of with toys in mind. Have either of you heard of that? Uh, no, actually. With toys in mind? Yeah. So it's an account right now that thrives off of personal experiences. So instead of writing a story for a certain post, you write a monologue about something that affected your life. Uh, Nick, inspired by Andre, has talked about his um, grapplings with depression and anxiety through that. It's amazing. They just put out a book of it, too. That's really It's neat. powerful. Hmm. So I do stuff like that. Um, and this is kind of a funny story. It'll be a nice break from all the dark crap. But I posted a Halo shot a couple days ago. Um, like late September, early October, and the monologue is about me coming in from photographing, and I find a yellow jacket in my hair. Hmm. Now, let me tell you, I I screamed when I found it. (laughs) I would too. I I hate bees. I don't like things stinging me. So, well, I felt something crawling in my hair, and I pull it out. I look at it, and it's like mid-sting, and you're trying to sting my hand for it. I throw it at the ground, grab a book. (laughs) (laughs) Curb stomp its face in. And I felt bad after. And the With Toys in Mind post I did is all about me asking, why do I feel guilty? It was in self-defense. And the truth is, all life is precious. 
no matter what religion you believe in, if any, I'm a Christian, so, but, despite that, there's, um, words, I need words. It doesn't well, matter what you believe, everything's important. Yep. Anyone who says they're a nihilist is full of crap. Pretty much, yeah. Because it's just, I don't know. You can do what you want because nothing, it's just it doesn't matter, man. Dar- Darwin's law makes sense, but not in our society. Because no. because people want to be like, oh, the strongest are, are the best. But it's like, yeah, but then why are we getting yelled at for not being caring, compassionate? If Dar- if Darwin's, that is, it. It doesn't make sense, but that's a whole other tangent that we aren't going to get on right now. This can of worms that we're about to open, just closing it back up. Seal it back up. Just close it back up. <laughs> through it. <laughs> nope. Nope, 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 nope. So, all right. Well, that's awesome. We're glad to hear that you're it's, uh, getting better, as always, but, you know, not necessarily getting better. We're glad to hear that you are feeling somewhat more yourself these days. If that's the... Pr- I try. I know, I know, like, me personally, I've gone through, you know bad times and gone through depression. So I know it's not like, Oh, I'm getting better. And then I'm better perpetually. I'm never going to be down again, but and then life just comes and kicks you right in the, in, in the face. Just, just kicks all your teeth out. Sometimes it's just your brain. No No one talks about the physical side of depression or even the aftermath of it, where you get super exhausted and tired because all your energy is spent dealing with the demons in your head for yeah. so long yeah which that's where i am right now uh part of why i was so late to your podcast today is a 20 minute power nap turned into a two and a half hour lawn nap oh geez that's how those normally work <laughs> like i'm just gonna rest my eyes it's okay six hours later oh well i feel great it's two in the morning <laughs> Oh, I've done that. One of my friends, uh, I'll make a long story short, but he went to bed at 9, and he had gotten up at 5 a.m. Or not 5 a.m., sorry, 5 p.m. So he's been up for only four hours, and he sleeps for another six hours. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. It really messed up his sleep schedule. I've done that a couple times where I will... uh... Yeah, Sam has I'll, messaged me at 3 a.m. for some weird yeah, reason. Yeah, I'll, I'll like, I work early in the morning, and a lot of times I end up staying up late the night before. So one time I came home from work at, at 5, and I fell asleep at 6 o'clock. And I slept from 6 o'clock in the evening until like 3 in the morning. And I woke up feeling like completely rested at 3 in the morning, and I'm just like, there is nothing I can do right now. There's It's dark. Everyone else is sleeping. You should call me and see what happens. <laughs> James wakes up. <laughs> no, I'd be like, are you dead? <laughs> is is your wife dead? Why are you calling me? And then there was a really cool thing. I just want to tell this story really quick because it's actually funny. I had a severe anxiety attack that lasted two days. And it. Oh, no. Yeah. And it, I was at work when it, when it got really bad where I couldn't breathe. And we didn't know at the time that it was anxiety. And so um, we went to the urgent care and I forget what they gave me. They gave me some sort of anti-anxiety med um, on the spot. And it was nice. It was like I relaxed. I was able to breathe again. And as soon as we got in the car, I was out like a light and I slept for 15 hours straight. (laughs) I don't even remember when I woke up because that was like afternoon. I think I woke up like. I'm assuming the, you didn't have to work the next day. No, it was a, it was a Friday, so it happened Friday afternoon. This is a perfect time to have an anxiety attack. Yeah, and I woke you know, up for two days. I woke up Saturday morning, <laughs> and I'm just like, "What day? What day is it? Is it still Friday? No, it's Saturday. How did I get here? <laughs> what is that? Your wife Wait, just like did they you carry know. you in? No, I think I woke up like. I was groggy or I was like, I was groggy, but I was coherent enough to get inside. And then I think I slept on the couch until she went to bed. And then when she went to bed, I kind of like half woke up and went to bed. But regardless, it wasn't like I woke up and did something. It was like, I woke up and went from point A to point B to sleep again. (laughs) So is this like the first episode of the walking dead where after (laughs) six months, Rick wakes up? 
<laughs> yeah, basically, I wake up, the whole world is devastated by a zombie apocalypse, and I'm just like, oh, what the frick? I'm going back to bed. This <laughs> <laughs> is starting to make me anxious. <laughs> where are those pills at? I'm going back to bed. One. Mm, uh. <laughs> so that's a really funny story that came out of a really tragic event. So Sam has done a lot of custom artwork on his uh, on his action figures and cars. He uh, we have this table game, I guess, called Gaslands, which is phenomenal. And he go look if you we've, haven't seen it. We've played it like twice. Yeah, <laughs> all uh, that work for nothing. But you said you do, you also do model painting as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, I haven't really painted a lot of models. To be fair, maybe a bandai kit somewhere down the line but i mainly paint my action figures so i guess the best example of this is i weather every figure i own you can see it in my photos hasbro does a god-awful job so i <laughs> help them out they're like ooh, some paint <laughs> dude that's how it was for the uh, mimban trooper it's supposed to be covered in mud, covered in all this gunk and stuff, and they give it like this little gray dry brush over the whole thing, and that's it. It looks mildly dusty. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, a dusty, dusty character. When in the movie, it's like the trooper. The whole reason why I fell in love with it personally was like they're caked in mud, like they've been in war for the last 10 years, you know, and they're like dust. So, so you weather all of all every single one of your figures. First of all, how many figures do you have? Oh, <laughs> well, um, what, what's your what's your total count of like? Let's say I think you shoot mostly Star Wars six inch black series. So, how? Let's just stick to that. How many six inch black series figures do you have? Over a hundred. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> I haven't counted. <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. You've got me beat for sure. I don't think I have anywhere near that many. I have a small well, bag. You have more mud troopers than I do, I think. Yeah, I I consolidated. Like, I sold a lot of my collection, and I just kind of was like, these are the key characters that I want to photograph. And basically, it all ended up being like stormtroopers or clone troopers. <laughs> I was like, I don't like Luke, and I don't care about Han Solo. I only care about the troopers. So, for my... I'm going to use my Mud Trooper as an example because I think that's my best paint job. Also, a little disclaimer. Everyone paints their Mud Troopers different. Yeah. And I, the only two people who look similar to mine are yours, Sam, and Troopers and Things. Yeah. And I think we have... Oh, wait, no. Imperial Grunt, too. But I think the three of us have the best Mud Troopers out there right now. There's some people who just don't know how to paint them. And I it, it's such an oversaturated anyways, that's another rant. I'll stop <laughs> yeah. myself. No, but like but, but I, I get what you're saying. Like I actually ended up repainting mine. Initially mine were really bad. On the backs, you know, oh. because you good job. Thank you. I initially mine were really bad and they that's your back, but you're over there. They didn't look anything good, and I actually drew inspiration from uh, Troopers and Things from his work, and then I just was like, screw it. I washed all the paint off of them, and then I just redid them from the ground up to match uh, the dirt that I was actually photographing them in. Ooh, that's awesome. So for me, mine, I have a very special process for how I paint them. It's different than anything else I paint. I do it in three layers to make one cohesive figure. Uh, first layer is this uh, Valeo does weathering kits. I use two of those and then a Reaper base color for them. So I start with splash mud, then I do mudded grass. This gives it like a first a brown in all the cracks and then <laughs> And then I do a like this purplish gray color across the whole thing. So it gives it the light blue tones that they have in the movie, but it makes it look more realistic, more like there's also blaster damage on the armor too. And I don't wanna again, playing that I don't wanna be an egotistic soul card, but I think I'm pretty great. <laughs> 
That's okay. I mean, you can you can toot your own horn if on this you, podcast. If you think you're good on something. Yep, I screwed that up. I'll just say this. I've seen your weathering work, and I, I think it's good. So, yeah, you're not like – you're not one of those people that thinks they're good at something, but really they're doing crayon drawings. Uh, oh, cron drawings. Cron drawings. Let's make a company called Cron. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you do the weathering, and um, honestly, yeah, that's, that's cool. It's something that gives – more character. More, it gives more character, and I think you know, with your photography, with with my photography, with all those accounts that we've listed you up until it, now, you need it to look photorealistic. You, you need it to give that level of realism, and there are photographers out there that can do the posing and the weathering and the action and all that stuff so well that you're like, "Am I looking at a shot from a movie that was never released?" I uh, yep. Both or, both of you have done that to me. I, great, I appreciate that. Because that's, thank that's you, the James. Goal. That means so much. No, but you guys take absolutely amazing photography, and I appreciate your guys' attention to detail. Thank you. So, well, I guess J Man, as they call you on the internet, is there anything else you have to add to this podcast? I would like to add one plug for myself. All right. Um. Based on me hitting 2,000 followers a Woo. month ago, and I'm about to hit my 500th post. For my 500th post, I want to do a giveaway for all my fans and supporters. I love you all, and I want to give something back. So prepare for that. All right. So, And if I don't win, then I guess we're not friends anymore because, I mean. <laughs> we are currently, uh, as of this recording, he's currently at 498, so you have two more posts. So two more posts go to follow go. him. And, uh, if I only have two more? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jonathan, and uh, it was lovely having you. Thank you so much for letting me talk about my awesome art. Your awesome art, your awesome, I guess art just encapsulated within yeah. words and imagery. Yeah. You, you do a lot of different types of art, and it's really cool. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram to keep updated on who we're having on the podcast or what's going on. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, and you can email us at thispodcastislava at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean, and you can watch us here on YouTube. We post every two weeks. And if you want to check out uh, Jonathan's awesome content, all of his stuff, the Tumblr, the Instagram, all that stuff, will be or Flickr, Flickr, not Tumblr. We hate, we hate Tumblr. All of his content, Instagram, Flickr, all that good stuff will be down in the description. And Sam's uh, toy photography will be down there, maybe. But his stuff's way better. Thanks for joining us. Bye. See ya.